Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail, along with Charlie Long. Jeff Nowak will join us at 544, triple option. Want to tell everybody at 520 today or a little afterwards, the uh, head basketball coach of the McNeese Cowboys, Will Wade, will join us a little after 520 this afternoon. We're going to go to our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line. We'll go to Jimmy and Gretna. Jimmy, you're in the huddle with Mike and Charlie. Hey, Mike and Charlie. Look, I want to cut right to the chase because this is kind of long-winded. I really want to get y'all's opinion on this. Uh, you know, looking at the spectrum of sports and football and forgiveness and second chances, uh, you know, you look at guys like Deshaun Watson, you look at uh, even Jameis Winston there with some of his past discrepancies, Ray Lewis, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, whether real or not, uh, factual or paid off. And you tie that into the whole John Gruden thing. Now, Mike and Charlie, John's been around the, the training facility here and there, kind of like, you know, a fly on the wall. He's not hired, but and I know he's got a lawsuit with the league. But I just kind of want to get y'all's take, and maybe some listeners will call and explain this to me. Because, you know, like, for example, Jameis Winston. I mean, he was accused of rape at FSU. He uh, grabbed that Uber driver on her uh, crotch against her will, paid both of them off, paid everybody off. The crab legs, it, college kids do stuff. But the point is, I'm not trying to crucify him. I'm saying that because he got a second chance, right? Now, my question to you guys is this. Do things like that for Jameis, uh, Deshaun, Ben Roethlisberger, Ray Lewis, is that because they're players they get a second chance quicker than, say, a coach like John Gruden for his discrepancies? And how do you all feel about the possibility of John Gruden coming here? And do you think he deserves a second chance? And at what point is the statute of limitations over with and expires on any wrongdoing? I, I, I want to get you alls take on that. Jimmy, I think. Before anything's done, he's got to settle up this lawsuit. Whatever, whatever happens, that's got to be settled. I do think there's redemption, okay? That there's going to be a second chance uh, for John Gruden. But I feel as though, first things first, this lawsuit's got to be settled. And I think John's going to look around a little bit to see what puts him in a position to become a head coach again. Uh, if anybody thinks John will walk into a room as an offensive assistant and he's not going to take over, you kidding yourself. John's the ultimate alpha dog as far as that's concerned. I do think John will get a second chance uh, to coach in this league. Um, but he, I think he wants to put himself in a position to be a head coach too. That's going to play way big on 
his chance to come back and coach because I do think that'll happen. You bring a player to an older coach, I think that's maybe the difference there. But you know what? In our society, we all about redemption. And I think you get a second chance, and I think John gets it. It goes back to, you know, what we all say every single time the season ends. And, you know, what's it called? Black Monday. That doesn't really even exist anymore. It just kind of happens throughout the week after the, you know, week 18. Uh, There's currently eight head coaching vacancies. I don't know. Is there going to be any more? We'll see. But it's every single year. There's like I think they might a quarter, be at least a quarter of the league gets overturned. So if John Gruden wants to be a head coach again, I think that he'll eventually have a spot. But as you said, you know, just getting this lawsuit uh, wrapped up and finished up with, uh, that's going to be a big deal for him. Actually getting his foot back in the door in the first place, he's not going to come back and be a head coach immediately. He's going to come back and be an assistant, and then he's going to jump to a head coaching gig somewhere. Now, once again, where that is, we're not sure. Eight positions already open this year. How many are going to be open after this upcoming season in 2024 into 2025? Uh, I think that's when you're going to be looking at John Gruden getting a second chance as a head coach. Jolie, I've always told you this. um, Just like being a first-round pick in a draft. Okay, you don't have to win. You get all the chances. Okay, you don't have to be an electoral ballot winner. Just need to convince one team, one owner, one GM. You're the guy. That's it. That's all you have to convince. It's not majority here. It's one that you have to convince. And I think somewhere down the line, John will get that opportunity again. I agree. Uh, I really think that way. And with First-round picks, no matter what they want to say about it, it doesn't matter how you get into the league. Man, first-round picks get many more opportunities than somebody picked in round seven. Undoubtedly. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I hear that, that, that crapola, and I know it's, it's a lie uh, because, okay, first-round picks, they can bounce around quite a bit, and they'll get third, fourth, fifth chances to play in this league. Seventh-round pick, he may get a second chance. Unless they're he getting a really, third or fourth. Really, really bad bust, Mike. I mean, you'll see guys, if they're not a franchise guy as a first-round pick, They'll jump from team to team as a mercenary piece, like someone that will extend their career as long as possible. I mean, look at Jadavian Clowney. He never lived up to being the number one overall pick in that draft, but he's been on like five different teams. Okay. He's found his spot with Baltimore, and he's he just cashed in a million dollars, seven hundred fifty thousand dollar contract incentive. incentive. Yeah, incentive for you know getting reaching a certain amount of sacks on the season. They jump around from team to team, and they prolong their career as long as possible. The Saints have one, Jonathan Abram. There you go. Look how many teams he's played for. And to be honest with you, I thought he played pretty doggone good down the stretch for the Saints. And so he'll get it's another chance next, here. Next contract. That's all that's <laughs> so, next. Um, if, if Jonathan was a sixth or seventh round pick, I don't think he'd have got all those chances. That, uh, that might that people don't like to hear that, but that's reality. When you're a first-round pick or a second-round pick, you're going to get more chances than that sixth, seventh-round guy. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870, and the head basketball coach of the McNeese Cowboys, Will Wade, will join us right after this break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find right avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to take you along with Charlie Long. And on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line, the head basketball coach of the McNeese Cowboys, Will Wade, Coach, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Man, pleasure to have you on. Coach, I don't know if you remember this. The day you took the job at McNeese, you came on and you told me, you said, Mike, we're going to win the Southland Conference. You're well on the way, right, Coach? A good start, Coach. <laughs> well, we're off to a good start. We got It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Nobody That's goes right. to the movie for the beginning. They only remember the ending. So we got to... Uh, we got to finish it off, but we've got to, you know, we're going to have a, we're going to have a good shot at it. We got as good a shot as anybody, and we're playing, uh, playing pretty well right now. We just got to keep it going. Eight game winning streak, coach. But uh, I always think about this. I have coaches in my family. They always talk about these special seasons. There's a win there that catapults your team. Tell us about the Michigan win, because man, I had to look at my phone twice. Will, listen, uh, I'm a big believer in you and everything else. But when I saw the two M's, I'm like, man, wait a minute, I, I got to take a, a second look at that. I had to put my glasses on to make sure. Uh, how did you feel about that? Because that's on the road. You beat a team that everybody has seen. Just how much talent's on that Wolverine team, but to come away with a W there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was huge as the first ever win over a Big Ten team for McNeese. And it wasn't just that we won. I mean, we, we pretty much controlled the game for the, the entire game. We led the game for 30, 35-plus minutes. Um, you know, it never got closer than three in the second half, and most of the time it was multiple possessions in the second half. So it was just how we played, how we went about it. I thought that was, was really, really critical and um, you know, it, it, it showed uh, showed the progress that we that we've made, and it showed uh, showed uh, where how far we'd come, and and I thought it was uh, really really good. It certainly, you know, we'd had some other good wins, uh, starting the season off winning at VCU. I think did a lot for our team in terms of just confidence and hey, all this crazy stuff coaches had us go through and done, and it, it actually works. We can win. Um, so I, I thought that was positive, but but the Michigan wins the one where everybody in the country was kind of like, oh wow, they, they're not just a cute little story. They may be maybe a little bit better than we thought, and 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 got a good got got a really good team. Coach, you've always been able to adapt to the times, and and I'll give you full credit for that. But this year was a little bit unique in you kind of starting as your first year at McNeese and piecing together a team. What was the hardest thing in trying to get that team to buy into, hey, we're a really good 
basketball team here. We really are, but we got to believe in ourselves because I, I do think momentum, I, I don't believe in that. Confidence, I do. If you have confidence in what you're doing is putting you on the right spot to get success, you're going to work your ass off uh, for it. What was the key for you there uh, in, in getting that team to, to believe in themselves and to put that confidence on that team? Yeah, I, I agree with what you say about momentum and confidence. I think that's 100% correct. Uh, but really, the first part is you've got to assemble, you know, look, talent's the price of admission. You know that. Football, basketball, baseball. You show up with the best athletes, you get the best chance to win most nights. So the first part is you got to you got to put the you know put put some talented pieces together, uh, you know, and, and and get them to come. And then once you get that, then you've got to mold it together and and, and get them to, um, you know, get them to play well. And 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 the hardest, you know, the hardest part in coaching is to get their you know, their selfish desires to fit within your team needs. And so you've, you've got to be able to clearly define, I don't call them roles, more like responsibilities. Roles to me sound like it's a suggestion. Responsibilities sound like this is what you're going to do. So, uh, you know, you've got to be able to clearly uh, define and articulate to each player, hey, look, here's our expectation. Here's your responsibility. Here's what you're going to do for us. And, you know, and here's how it fits into what you want personally and how it fits into what we want as a group and as a team. And so we're very frank about that. We had a team retreat where we went through everything and we talked about our identity as a team and some of our season goals and that sort of thing. And I I think the the retreat really helped us because we had a lot of guys from varying backgrounds and different backgrounds that, that, uh, you know, that hadn't really been together at all. And we were able to, to, to mend those together and, and get uh, get everybody on the same page as best we can. Coach, looking at the Southland, the 13-2 and two start that McNeese is on, clearly far and away the best of the Southland Conference. But I'm looking at your upcoming schedule. Conference play just started. There are four teams that are 2-0 and in conference play, and you're playing two of them within your next four games. Lamar at home uh, on January 15th, and then a week later, January 22nd, you travel to, to Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who won the Southland last year. So how big is this upcoming stretch? I know you talked about like it's how you finish, but just kind of getting a really dominant start in Southland Conference play and maybe even getting that passing of the torch so to speak by beating Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of even teams in our league. There's not a, there's not a lot of difference. You know, the difference was we were able to win, you know, a few more non-conference games than some of these other teams, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of good teams uh, in our league Southeastern who we actually play on Saturday over in Hammond. You know, they were they were picked preseason to win the league. We were actually the preseason number 2 pick and they were they were they were preseason uh, number one, and, and and they lost a tough one at Nichols the other night. Who's got a really really good team under under uh, under Coach Boog? But uh, you know, I mean, look, it's a lot better if you're going to win a race. You want to set the pace and start off good. You don't want to have to chase people down from behind. And so if you're you know if you're if you want to be in the conference title race, if you want to be in the in the championship race, you know you you you, you owe it to yourself to get off to a good start, and uh, you know to be the ones that everybody's trying to chase down. And so. I think over the next couple weekends really is, is, is a chance to jockey for position and, and who can kind of be the lead horse that, that everybody's going to have to, everybody's going to have to chase. And so we've got a great opportunity this weekend at home with Southeastern and, and, and Lamar and then on the road next week with Incarnate Word and then, and then at Corpus, like you mentioned, but Corpus has won the league the last two years. They're the standard bearer in the league. They're the team that's, that's been the best team in the league. In fact, at McNeese, 
we have we've lost like 16 or 18 straight to Corpus. I don't think we've beaten them since like 2011 or 2012. Whoa. I mean, it's something cra- it's something it's something crazy. So, uh, you know, it uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting couple weeks, and we just got to be ready to play and, and play uh, play up to our capabilities. Coach, uh, I always ask you this uh, every year when you even at LSU and now with McNeese. Now, is there a player or two that you thought was pretty good, but they've really exceeded expectations if it's talent-wise, leadership-wise on your team? And you, you'd always have two names real quick, bang, bang. Uh, they, they were better than I thought they would be. Do you have that sort of element now at McNeese? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got a kid – Shahade Wells, that if at the end of the day would be the player of the year in the league. He's had three 30-point games, and he's a transfer. He's a grad student. He, uh, he went to junior college at Tyler Junior College in Texas, a really, really good program. Um, um, his head coach and assistant are good friends of mine. Then he went from there and went to UT Arlington, who was in the Sun Belt, and he averaged about 18 a game at Arlington. And then he transferred from there to TCU, and he averaged six and a half on a winning TCU team. He wanted to go back to having more of a role, and he's he's come here and he's averaged about twenty, but he's had those three thirty-point games. But more importantly than that, like I've I've been fortunate, we've coached a lot of really good players. I've never had such a good player that's such a good leader, and his leadership and his ability to talk, his ability to get everybody uh, get everybody on the same page, get everybody going, is, is is as good as I've ever had. And so, when you combine his talent with his leadership, that's what gives you a chance to. To, uh, to to be really really special, and we've got another kid in Tavion Collin, a big six nine kid. He was a four star recruit, top one hundred player. He was at Ole Miss, and he went to Cal Bakersfield for a couple of years and averaged like thirteen and five, thirteen and six. And he's been he's been just extraordinary for us. He's a five man that can step out and make threes and make some things happen. So those guys have really really been good for us, and we've got uh, you know we've got a good group and. We got good rhythm. We got good chemistry right now. We just got to keep it going. Coach, we talked a little bit about the Michigan win, but I want to go way back to the season opener at VCU. You had formerly coached there from 2015 to 2017. How good did it feel to go back to Virginia Commonwealth and pick up that early season victory? Look, it, it was huge for our team because, look, we I mean, we worked these guys hard. They've been up at 536 in the morning most mornings. I mean, it, 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 it was tough. And for them to see their hard work rewarded and for them to go, hey, man, this – this crazy cat, his stuff actually works. Like, his stuff, his stuff actually works. Uh, th- th- this funny. may be pretty good. Uh, you know, I, it gave a lot of uh, belief and, and a lot of teeth and validity to what we've been preaching and what we've been doing. And you, you need one of those moments if you're going to flip it and turn it. And, and, and that was certainly that win at VCU was certainly one of those moments for us. Coach, Emma, it's, it's a football-related question, but we just saw Nick Saban walk away, you being at LSU, familiar with the dislike and I think fear of, of Nick Saban. But we haven't seen anybody dominate the sport. Um, I remember as a kid, I, I watched UCLA basketball, John Wooden, uh, from 64 to 75, 10 NCAA championships. And I ain't never going to see that in my lifetime. Uh, one team, one coach win that uh, in that type of stretch. Your thoughts on, on what Nick Saban has done to the landscape of college sports? I don't. I mean, I don't think there'll ever be anybody else like him. Uh, I mean, the way he impacted just everything because you know, and and you know, I don't. I don't know him great. I don't pretend to know him very well. But but 
you know, he, he adjusted with the times. Most people stay with what they know and kind of stay with what they do. And I mean, he, he, he reinvented himself or not really himself, but reinvented the program there three or four different times. And each iteration of it was better than the one before, you know, I mean, one, you know more about this Mike than I do, but you know, he won his first couple of national championships and the, you know, running I formation football and just mauling people and having a great defense. Then he won a couple with a spread offense, and then he won a couple where he didn't even care about these. I mean, you no, know, it just it was, he won them. He won them every different way, and he was able to evolve and stay ahead. And um, you know, a lot of that was just with with flat out recruiting. You know, you never want to go in. You know, you're not winning the Kentucky Derby on a donkey, so you always want to have the best best racehorses you can have. But I mean, what he did was unparalleled and unmatched, and I don't think it'll be matched in coaching, you know, with, with, with anybody moving forward. Especially with the rules the way they are, and I don't know what rules, so to speak, because it is really the Wild Wild West today out there now. And you can like it or dislike it. It is what it is. Uh, and that's not going to change. It ain't going anywhere. Uh, you know, what, what you see no today. There's no point in complaining. It ain't changing. It's not going back. <clears throat> like I tell people, when's the last time in history somebody got power and said, hey, you know what, I don't really like the power. I'm going to hand it back. Never happens. Never. Never happens. And once they get power, what do they want? They want more power. And so, you know, the, the, the power is shifted from the schools and the coaches to, to, to the players, and, 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 and probably it rightfully should shift to them. They're the ones that, that are doing, you know, a majority of the hard work. And so, um, you know, it's not like they're going to say, oh, you know what, we don't really like, you know, having a say in all this. We're going to let you all make the decisions again. That ain't happening. So, you either get on board or, you know, you got to adjust as a coach. Coaching's a good profession. It's fun. You know, we're compensated well. So if you're compensated well, you're going to have challenges. And you better figure out the challenges, meet them head on, and, and uh, keep it trucking. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, we miss seeing you on, on Sports on the Bayou, Bobby and I, and uh, Lester and the, the mayor. They're still around. They, they miss you. Oh, they, yeah. they pull for you all the time other than when you play Nichols. I know the mayor. Came, you know the mayor. The mayor. Uh, he's a McNeese graduate. I know he that. Came, uh, he came to our. He came to our. He came to a game. Came to our UL game earlier in the year, and uh, I think last time we're going to see him when we go down and play Nichols. But got a great crew. Sorry, I couldn't make it down this year, but we're going to do it in the future here. Yeah, when you play Nichols, I'll, I'll go see that and I'll, I'll look you up. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. The head basketball coach of the McNeese Cowboys, Will Wade. And um, one thing with Will, if he's got something on his mind, he's going to tell you. McNeese is rolling, Mike. I mean, 13-2 and two start. Uh, and how only... quickly that changed for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just one year. And he mentioned that Texas A&M Corpus Christi game a couple times there with that Southland battle coming up in just a couple weeks. Yeah, Corpus Christi's kind of been the class of the Southland. So if they can pull off a win on the road, and then later on they'll be hosting them, of course. But that would be a kind of a passing of the torch moment, I think, this season uh, for McNeese basketball. It's funny how you remember they hadn't beaten them since 2011, right? Yeah, how about right? that, huh? Uh, he had that in the, the back of his mind. Uh, again, thank Will Wade for taking some time out of his schedule to join us here on the Big 870. When we come back, we'll have triple option here on the Big 870 WWL. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long. Jeff Nowak joins us now, and it's our triple option feature where we give our top takes on the top stories in sports. Uh, Charlie, I'll throw it to you first. All right, guys. So I'm going to start off with some kind of peculiar news that I saw. Steve Geller sent me a peculiar. text. Yeah, it's not great news. The Pelicans obviously coming off that huge win last night at Golden State. Uh, Steve let me know that coming up for this game against Denver tomorrow night, C.J. McCollum, <laughs> Brandon Ingram, no. Zion Williamson, no. Trey Murphy, all questionable for the Nuggets game on Friday night. And, and, and I think that... You know, if I'm looking at the schedule, they do have a back-to-back against Dallas on Saturday, which is a huge game, given if you look at the standings. At the same time, I really don't want to see them punt this game against Denver, uh, but it's not a good sign that all four of those guys, critical players on this team, are all questionable for Friday night against Denver. I, I don't know. Like We'll we'll talk with Ali in the 6 o'clock hour a little bit more about it, and I want to get his thoughts on it, uh, but that kind of caught me by surprise, so to speak. That many. Yeah, four. I mean, I'll read off the list again. C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, Zion Williamson, all questionable for the Nuggets game on Friday. Once again, they do have a back-to-back on Saturday against Dallas, which if you look at the West standings, Dallas is really close with the Pelicans. It's kind of been like a group of them, Sacramento, and the Mavericks. So, I mean, the Dallas games probably mean more to the Pelicans in the West standings than maybe this Denver game does, but all these games are really important, guys, and I don't really want to punt this game. Jeff? You want to give us a take on something? It's my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Um, you know, okay, so this is just based on uh, – I keep hearing from people who keep asking. So it, all in, all indications are that Dennis Allen's coming back for year three as head coach. I don't think there's been an official announcement. but I don't I, you have know, to be. You keep hearing <laughs> – right, the, the announcement is we're not announcing anything because we don't have to. Um, but I keep hearing people saying, oh, they should move on from him, they should move on from him. This was not what you signed up for, blah, blah, blah. And I guess – so my – what I will say to people when they say that, so you're talking about year two head coach. And I will ask you, were the Lions wrong to not fire Dan Campbell after year two? Should the Lions have fired Dan Campbell after year two? And you'll look at me and you'll say, that's a completely different situation. I'll say yes, because their situation was way worse, right? Dan Campbell took over in 2021. The first thing they did was trade Matt Stafford to the Rams, who immediately went on to win a Super Bowl. They go 3-13-1 that season. They stick with Dan Campbell. Next year, 1-6 to start the it year. It didn't look good either. Dan Campbell at that point was 4-19-1 as a head coach. They turned things around. They finished 9-8. and eight. But you go back, you look at it, and you say, well, man, after year two, he was what, 9-22-1 uh, as a head coach? They stuck with him. Why? Because they looked at the end of the season. They said, we're going to gamble that we're going to play like we did at the end of the season to start next season, and we're going to come out on top. And they did. And so that's kind of – if you're trying to sell this to yourself and why the front office is is running it back with this, they're doing the same thing the Lions did. Big difference is Lions fans aren't spoiled. <laughs> I, didn't, no, I didn't say it. No, I didn't say I, I, it. I'm just telling you, <laughs> Sean Payton and Drew Brees right. raised the bar, yep. and that bar is going to stay there because of the fact they won you a Super Bowl title – They were perennially in the playoffs, and that's the bar. Mm -hmm. And and I get the fans' part about it. Okay, there's a generation, Jeff, that don't remember bad times. I I, I told this to Bob when he took over. Man, I've done much more second-guess shows on losing teams than winning ones. And that wasn't even a question. Man, me and Diliberto, we did a ton of them with with losing teams. But the bar's been set now at a different level. 
And for the Lions, that bar wasn't that high. No. I, that's the big difference uh, between what you see in Detroit and what you see in New Orleans today. And I, and I do give Dan and the front office a lot of credit. Man, they have added a ton of talent uh, through the last two off seasons to really put himself in a position here to be a playoff team and possibly advance. Now, I think um, talent wins. Will's right. Man, listen, you know, you're not winning the Kentucky Derby with no donkey. Uh, you're winning it with talent. And I think that's the big key here. Can the Saints re kind of shuffle things to get the talent part there uh, better than what you saw this year? And I, I agree with Ed. I think there'll be more of an emphasis on defense mm-hmm. uh, because that's Dennis's wheelhouse, the wheelhouse to win. Um, man, the most intriguing game for me this uh kind of wild card weekend is Monday night. Eagles, Bucks. I don't know what to expect for either one of these two teams. It was the hardest pick for me. <coughs> I went with the Eagles only because I think they're the more talented team. They've been there, done that. But do they inspire any type of confidence in what they're doing right now? <coughs> it's nothing. The Eagles? the Eagles? They're limping into the playoffs, Mike. Five of limping. the last six. Uh, you. That's honestly why I was the most disappointed about the Saints missing the playoffs because I think they beat the Eagles if they hosted them in the playoffs. Man, I would have wanted to catch the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, that's what I would have wanted to catch. They aren't playing well, but then I watched the Bucks. They sink one against the Saints, and the Saints beat the crap out of them. And then they barely got out of Carolina. Good either. Yeah. My goodness, um, that goes to show you what what we've seen in the NFC South. And, and how it is across the board. But if I wanted to play a team right now, man, it would be the Eagles. They didn't look good against Which, a giant squad that we no. just watched the Saints whoop as well. Either time that they played them, they played them twice in the final three weeks. They won one of those games, but then they lost the season finale. Yeah, five of their last six you know, games coming as losses, and you know, not all of them were against good teams like, like the 49ers and the Cowboys. They lost to some bad teams in the NFC, like the Cardinals, the Giants. I mean, they're, they're limping into the postseason – Right now, and and I mean, with a hurt AJ Brown, a hurt Jalen Hurts, and they're still three point favorites. Still three point, which shows you kind of how bad the (laughs) NFC South was. At the same time, if you look at this matchup earlier in the season, the the Eagles just stomped. I I mean, they just went into Tampa Bay and killed the Buccaneers. Would they get a second trip? Yeah, they're getting a second trip this weekend, and they're going to get another shot at it. Uh, but this is not the same Eagles squad that you saw back in September. Not even close. And I don't think it's the same Bucks team either. No. I think the Bucks have gotten better. And listen, I give Baker a lot of credit. I don't think anybody thought he could play this good. Uh, now, the last couple games, he's been sort of El Stinko. Uh, he hasn't played well. Been old Baker. Uh, he looks more like the guy I saw in Carolina and the, the latter stages in Cleveland. They have not got a running game going either. I, I thought that was a big part of that run for them. They were able to get a running game going. Um, and defensively, man, they got some cats now. <laughs> they, they can play defense. But to me, I have no idea which Eagles team shows up or which Bucks team show up in, in on Monday night. I think it's the most interesting game. I wouldn't be surprised if it flipped either way just because neither team has really played well. And somewhere along the line – um, you got to play pretty good here, and you got to take the switch. You got to click it on. 
Uh, the Eagles have not been able to do it. And boy, if the Eagles lose this game, you got a real impatient owner, a real impatient owner that might not uh, take uh, uh, too well to this, if you know what I mean. You know, has a I'm actually going to have to look this up. Has a coach ever been fired the year after making the Super Bowl? Because there's a lot of heat coming on Sirianni. I'm sure, I'm sure that it has in the past. Because we've, we've been through a few Super Bowls yeah, that's uh, the, before. But, man, Sirianni, I mean, you could tell coaches make a difference losing offensive defensive yeah. coordinator. Maybe, maybe Shane Jim Steichen, Fossil, Jonathan Gannon. Jim Fossil in 2000 with the Giants. You know, he, I, he didn't last much longer after that. It was close. I wondered about McCaffrey after they Colts won it. This is early seventies. Uh, man, they got an. They had an old team that won it, and boy, did they head south after that real, real quickly. So, um, that's a wrap for us on Triple Option. We'll be back to finish it off here in hour number two of Sports Talk on the Big Eight Seventy. Right after this break, we're back here on Sports Talk on the Big Eight Seventy. Mike Detail along with Charlie Long, Jeff Nowak joins us. We're going to go to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. We'll go to Big Cheesy and Metairie. Big Cheesy, what you got for us today, brother? How are you doing, Mike? I'm good, brother. I'm just talking about I just wanted to know I just want to know a couple of things today. Uh who you got? Uh, who who's projecting to be at fourteen early right now? Well, I haven't gone that far exactly. I do know one thing. I think the top three picks will all be quarterbacks. I think it'll be Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, and then uh, I think Marvin Harrison goes four. This is a really thick year for offensive linemen. And, man, if I'm the Saints, if I'm not trading up in round one to try to grab me a quarterback, I got to pick me an offensive lineman. And then after that, I got to go defense. This team has to redo their safety position, and they got to get better up front. Got to get another pass rusher. You never have enough. So, you know, if they don't trade up for the quarterback, and, man, I think about that seriously, then if you're at that point, um, offensive line. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think. And like, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Trevor Penning. That's the other thing. Yeah, I think if you look at offensive line, you could look at like a J.C. Latham or, J- or you know, maybe a Marius Mims, someone like that. But it's not going to be these guys that you, you know, you know these, you know, it's not Oli and and Joe Alt from Notre Dame. Those right. guys are going to be long gone. You know who I wouldn't be surprised is if they go with like a Kool Aid from Alabama or uh, McKinstry, right? Like the man, that think, surprised me. They pick corner. Ah, it never and, surprises me. Yeah, when this I would team goes never. <laughs> I, I, that would be a hard one for me. I think you got to go big man here. But I would not be shocked. This team has a quarterback in mind, and that quarterback may well be Michael Penix yeah, from maybe, Washington. We move up into the top ten and go get him. If you don't yeah. have a left tackle, you pick a left-handed quarterback. Yeah, so maybe. your right tackle. But I'm, I'm not sure about the right tackle either. Man, I'm concerned about Ramchak long-term also. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this news break. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 